Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. I want to continue talking to you about the birth of America, how we were born. Uh, As we talked yesterday, a Canadian referred to America being born out of revolution, which makes a difference between our neighbors to the north, Canada, being born out of compliance. They didn't fight off Britain. They remained under the heel of the king, under taxation. They paid their taxes and, and lived in compliance and and uh, didn't fight off the tyrannies that were there. But in the 13 colonies in America, they you know, tried to plead with the king. In our, our letter of um, Declaration of Independence that we wrote to King George, it listed 27 offenses where the king broke the law. He himself was a lawbreaker, and going against the very things that, you know, that were declared to be, be right and wholesome, he broke them. And they were offenses against the colonies, taking advantage of the people, becoming a tyrant. And they said, listen, we, we've tried to negotiate. And you continue to heave your offenses upon us. And there comes a time that people have to throw off these things. And so they uh, took to fight against the greatest power that the world had ever known at that time. Let me read to you, because I'm going to go through some historical documents as we go through this there. John Jay, who became one of the first U.S. Supreme Court justices, he wrote this in 1777. And he said, will it not appear extraordinary that 13 colonies should immediately become one people? And though without funds, without magazines, and without disciplined troops, in the face of their enemies, unanimously determined to be free, and undaunted by the power of Britain, referred to their cause as a just cause of the Almighty, and resolved to repel force by force thereby presenting to the world an illustrious example of magnanimity and virtue scarcely to be paralleled. I mean, let's face it, uh, this new nation, America, these colonies, who really didn't, at the time, have a great deal of cohesion in a lot of things. There was a lot of differences and problems that they had amongst themselves. But they realized... Our common problem is the king. Now, not everyone agreed, of course, with that, because there were some who wanted to remain loyal to the king and fought uh, with the redcoats when uh, when the soldiers did show up. And so not every person in the colonies here had the same resolve as the whole, but um, they threw off. They were able to throw off the chains of tyranny and it took a great deal of personal sacrifice they pledged to this fight their 
fortunes and their very lives. And it did cost many of them their fortunes. And for many, it cost them their lives. They knew what they were getting into. Now, I spoke earlier that there wasn't always cohesion amongst the colonies. What I find interesting is I studied American history and got a little bit more acquainted with it in my adult life. You know, we we all know that the Puritans left England in search for religious freedom, and they came to America to find that, to be able to worship without the government telling them, no, you can't do it that way. You have to do it my way, our way. They wanted the freedom of their conscience to be able to worship. And so when they came here to America, of course, landing up in what now we know as Massachusetts, there they endeavored to practice this freedom of religion. But as these colonies got established, they didn't practice freedom of religion here on in the New World. Massachusetts became known as a Puritan colony and would not tolerate anyone else but Puritans. Rhode Island is where the Baptists uh, took a, uh, a stronghold, but there's something different about them up in Rhode Island. We'll cover them in a moment. Connecticut was a congregational uh, colony as well as New Hampshire. The Dutch Reform settled in New York. Lutherans and Dutch Reform settled in Delaware. Pennsylvania became um, the colony for the Quakers and the Lutherans. A lot of German colonies there. Um, New Jersey became Lutheran and Dutch Reform. Virginia and the southern colonies were Anglicans, that is Church of England. The Catholics found themselves into Maryland. North Carolina also became an Anglican state or colony as well as South Carolina, and although the others were not uh, colonies, we found uh, residents in Georgia. It's where the Protestants found their way to, and um, the Spanish influence in Florida made it a Catholic settlement. But what happened is that um, they did not practice freedom of, of religion within those colonies. And this was um, well known through some history. You know, some Baptists tried to spread uh, biblical doctrine into other states like Pennsylvania. Who was it? Obadiah. Um, I can't remember his last name there, but uh, famously was uh, imprisoned and beaten and uh, by the Quakers and and uh, as others other preachers were and. Um, and we find that uh, there were uh, that there's that there's persecution going on in the colonies, and and so what brought about the First Amendment? What's interesting is that we we have to credit the Baptist for that. The Baptist up in Rhode Island had a tremendous amount of effect upon Thomas Jefferson. Although he was not a Baptist, he learned from their preaching how um, uh, how 
freedom of religion was the better form and a more biblical way of looking at it than simply a denominational way of looking at these things. So I want to introduce to you a couple of people that you may not be familiar with. The first actually was not a Baptist. He was a Puritan. His name was Thomas Hooker. And he is credited as the founder of the Constitution, or rather uh, the father of that whole precept. And let me tell you his story. Thomas Hooker came from England. He actually went to school about 10 miles away from where I grew up. Uh, He was from uh, Market Bosworth. And uh, there at the school, there's a plaque there um, talking about his um, achievements in his life there, the Puritan clergyman. Thomas Hooker was reputed as the father of American democracy. So what did he do? Well, there was a debate going on up in Connecticut where when it came to vote, who would be allowed to vote? And there became a debate about that there. And a uh, Reverend John Cotton argued that to know in order to vote, you have to be a Puritan. Well, Thomas Hooker took the side, the issue, no. Uh, as long as they're a Christian, that's okay for them to vote. They do not have to be a Puritan. And in the uh, record, uh, Thomas Hooker took the issue that anyone who is a Christian had the right to vote. You didn't have to be a Puritan to vote. You could be a Congregationalist. You could be a Quaker. You could be a Catholic. You could be a Protestant or an Anglican. It didn't matter that everyone should have the right to vote as long as they were Christians. Reverend Hooker took um, eventually took his church out of the Puritan colony and set themselves up in Hartford and became the first Congregationalist church in America. He preached his message on May 31, 1638, and he took to the passage Deuteronomy chapter 1 and the following verses 13 onwards there. Choose you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them heads over your captains, over thousands, captains over hundreds, fifties, tens. In this passage, we have the instruction where Moses is receiving wise instruction from his father-in-law, Jethro, advice on how to set up government for the Hebrew children as they were trying to govern themselves as they came out of Egypt. Here, it was a people that was becoming a nation, and, um, and a way for them to, uh, to take care of their issues was a bottom-up type of government, not a top-down. And this is what made America different, that this democracy that was beginning on the shores of America in these colonies started with this notion from what Thomas Hooker was telling us. Follow what the Bible did. The Bible used a process where they picked men to represent and govern the people that way through representative government. This was a bottom-up type of government, not a top-down. 
for centuries everything was ruled from top down from a king who we looked at the king being anointed to govern the people no the bible way was taking the people the anointment was given to the people to govern themselves and others to represent them by their choice and so this began the act of democracy in America. We're going to have to stop there. We want to come back tomorrow and talk more about this. I hope you'll join us at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you. I have an urgent and heartfelt request that we hope will touch your hearts. Underground churches are growing in Iran, and there are brave individuals who have chosen to follow their faith and become pastors, yet they have not had any formal training. These pastors, however, face tremendous challenges in pursuing their calling. I'm flying to Turkey to meet with other missionaries and to teach Bible doctrine to these pastors and to mentor them in biblical ministry. I get this for only $200, these Iranian pastors can travel by bus to neighboring Turkey. Our goal is to bring 30 pastors on this journey to equip them with the knowledge and skills they need to properly feed their flocks. Imagine the impact your donation can make. Your generosity can transform lives from one of the darkest corners of the world, Iran. Please open your hearts and give today. Your donation, whether big or small, can make an incredible difference. You can give today at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. Or call us at 800-616-0082. Again, that's 800-616-0082. Thank you for your compassion, and thank you for making a real difference in the lives of these brave pastors.